Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. This is our first, no, our third try recording this episode, because we keep having issues with my recording system. Um, But we are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. I'm Caroline. And I'm frustrated. And today (laughs) we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 1, Pilot. We'll do it. We'll get it eventually. (laughs) So how this is going to work well let me give you like a description of what kind of podcast this is going to be in the first place it's going to be a weekly podcast we're going to go episode by episode and we're going to start off with caroline giving us a description of the characters we meet in this episode okay first of all we have we meet mike and ace mike is super but not really super maybe a little bit super he's got a son named ace who is a child um, we get no other description of him. <laughs> Sky is the protagonist. Um, she definitely had the school of hard knocks on her Facebook profile back in 2010, but also went to like MIT or something. Agent Coulson uh, reminds me of Jimmy Buffett, but less drunk. <laughs> and then we meet Agent Hill a.k.a. Robin from How I Met Your Mother. She is kind of basically a narration more than a character at this point, but also I love her. Then we meet Agent Ward, whose people skills could be described as poop with knives or, if you can draw, a porcupine. Then we meet Agent May, who is amazing. She's my favorite so far. She is amazing at her job to the point where they pull her out of retirement. Um, She also wants a moat around her desk, um, which so do I. I want that at work, too. Hashtag relatable. And then we also meet Fitz and Simmons. During the episode, I kept forgetting which one was which, but I have since learned that it is Leo, Fitz, and Gemma Simmons. Um, And they are the nerds of the nerd show. (laughs) So I'll kind of go through what happened in the episode now. So first, boom, an explosion. Mike leaves Ace with uh, Bernie Sanders, apparently, (laughs) while he goes to scale a burning building and save a seemingly random woman from the flames just before the second blast. Skye is being a paparazzo and smiles knowingly. Enter Agent Ward. He's talking about rising tide, which at the time I definitely heard as red tide. And so I was like, okay, we're either talking about communism or a menstrual cycle. Could go either way. It's basically the same thing. (laughs) I mean, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I will not explain further. We don't need to. Ward pretends to be a a server at a Parisian restaurant and steals a glass of or a champagne glass and then runs that over like a napkin computer scanner thing, which excellent technology. Need me one of those. You'll see a lot of like super weird and like specific technology that Shield has. Yeah, it's like how do you even come up with that? (laughs) Right, like who who thought of that first and then invented it? Um, So he uses that to break into some apartment and gets into a fight that sounded exactly like my upstairs neighbors. (laughs) And then he also possibly killed someone by throwing a dinner plate at them like a Frisbee. (laughs) So then 
Ward gets back to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and is in a very convenient interview with Agent Hill, who is asking him what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for, which I did not remember at the time, but I did Google it. And it is Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Someone just really wanted it to say S.H.I.E.L.D. My overwhelming thought during this scene was just how hilarious the exposition is from like everything that happened in the avengers movie like the conversation is just like and here's what you missed in the mcu (laughs) (laughs) and it was just like it's so funny because i'm like no one talks about current events like this not even secret agents So during their, like, weirdly convenient fight that tells us about, you know, the current events and their relationship and their character traits, Hill tells Ward, Not too long ago, people thought the craziest thing in the world was a billionaire in a flying metal suit. To which my boyfriend (laughs) said, Elon Musk? Elon Musk only wishes. He wishes. He thinks he's Tony Stark. You know, he really, really does. he's, he's He's that one guy from Iron Man 2. Or is it 3? I don't know. Mm. See, I'm a fake fan. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Hill also mentions that the Battle of New York was the end of the world and meant that, like, they're in a whole new world, a whole new normal. But also, didn't it, though? (laughs) Only a little. I mean, has anybody felt alive since that movie? So Hill asks Ward how much he knows about Agent Coulson, who then emerges from the shadows in the best entry I've ever seen. And I could just like feel the screams of thousands of fans who were watching it when it first came out. It was so dramatic and I loved it. It was amazing. That's camp. If anything has ever been camp, that is camp. (laughs) The definition. So then Coulson and Ward have another convenient power struggle over this mysterious mission. And Coulson also reveals that he definitely hooked up with his physical therapist in Tahiti. (laughs) Based on two lines. One where he said, I had a physical therapist whose grasp on the English language was irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) He also said, Tahiti is a magical place. It's a magical place. Then we cut to Sky finding Mike while he's, quote, in hiding. He's in, a, like, a very open public diner looking for jobs in the newspaper. When was the last time we had to do that? Haven't you ever heard of Indeed? Come on, Mike. Get with it. <laughs> get with the times. Sky is super invasive and makes some very sure and sweeping assumptions about S.H.I.E.L.D. because they cleaned up the city after the Battle of New York. You know, I did I did want to talk about that because she does kind of have a point. I mean, yeah. If S.H.I.E.L.D. was a real-life government organization, what would you think of them? That's true. That's true. They are known for covering up the truth. And, you know, in this superhero world, maybe it's a necessary evil. But in the real world, like, if this existed in real life, we would not be fans. (laughs) Very, very true. But then she tells Mike that she is much more capable of keeping him safe than this literally all-knowing, endlessly funded, very secretive government agency. And that she can do this from the secure location of her van that she lives in. Oh, Sky, (laughs) You sweet summer child. Hang on. I need to turn off my AC one second. Okay. It's not, we don't just hear the whole rest of the time. (laughs) It was. Yeah, I just switch it. It's right there. Uh 
So then we cut back to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters where Agent Coulson pulls Agent May out of retirement because she's so good at her job, obviously. I loved her. I loved her whole vibe in this scene. She was amazing. She really is the best. I can't wait for you to get to know her more because I know that I know that you're going to love her even more than you already do. I'm so excited. Coulson introduces Ward to May and Fitzsimmons, which is where I learned that they're actually two different people <laughs> and that they're like the nerd archetype of the nerd show. And so I'm really excited to see if they have more characterization than that. Oh, they will. I promise. No spoilers. No spoilers. But they are collectively my favorite characters. They are my sweet angel babies. <laughs> they're my little science babies. They're so cute and tiny. I love them so much. they were very cute i love them so then we cut to colson and ward getting onto the plane to do this mysterious mission and colson is trying to tell ward a joke when they get on the plane and he starts it with did you hear the one about the man who was afraid of flying and ward is an ungrateful little shit and i will never forgive him for depriving me of colson's joke never i know i was mad about that too i'm so mad i really want to know what it was jed and marissa Please, if you remember, if you have a punchline, please tell us what it was supposed to be. Please, I need it. Jed, you can DM me. <laughs> we already have an open DM convo. Go ahead, just send it to me. Do us a favor. We don't have to say anything else. Literally, just send the punchline. We'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut back to Sky in her van, and we find out that she is a podcaster, just like us. Wow. Relatable. And immediately after, she is full-on kidnapped by S.H.I.E.L.D. Hood over the head and everything. <laughs> super scary. So that's that's how we learn that her van is super safe and secure. Absolutely. She could definitely keep a superpowered man safe from there. For sure. So then, speaking of, we cut back to Mike, and he is talking on the phone with his doctor. That I'm starting to think is not a doctor. Hmm. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess. So we're back at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, and Coulson is facilitating a very sexually charged interrogation between Ward and Sky. I was also watching this episode with my partner, and he's seen more of the show, and he was like, did they not intend for Sky to end up such an integral part of the show as she is? And I was like, no, she she was, like, one of the main protagonists from the get-go. Like, why do you ask? And he was like, you know, later in the show, she's, like, a more fleshed-out and serious character. But in, like, the first season or so, she she's the, the secret agent that boobs boobily. <laughs> she does secret agent things mostly with her boobs. And her whole personality is hot cool girl. And I love, I love Skye. It's not that the characterization is bad but it does fall into some archetypes and of course you know chloe bennett is an amazing actress we stand i love her she's so sweet she dm'd me and said some some very very sweet things about my dad and keeping his memory alive and i you know thank you chloe and she actually also might be listening to this so no pressure (laughs) hi chloe (laughs) so chloe you did a great job you worked with what you had. You did. And then, you know, you were rewarded for your hard work in later seasons. You ha- you got a lot more to work with. <laughs> so we know that she's boobing boobly, and that's great. While doing this, she refers to Ward as firm, and Ward refers to his grandmother as Gramsy. <laughs> Hated that. 
Just from that line alone, evil. He's a villain. I know it. (laughs) Automatically. Brett Dalton, who plays Ward, is ostensibly a very sweet man. I'm sure he's very nice in real life. But the way he says this in character instantly gave me the ick. Disgusting. Gross. But it did somehow make Sky start to trust S.H.I.E.L.D. So then we cut back over to Mike while he's in the middle of beating up his old boss, which is a whole mood. And his ex-boss is begging for mercy by saying, I'm not the bad guy, man. It's the company. It's not me. To which Mike says, you are the bad guy. And in my brain, <laughs> immediately heard, duh. This is not a visual medium, so you can't see me dancing. But I was dancing to Caroline's vocalization. I saw it and I appreciated it. I really wanted to talk about this scene and Mike's story in general, because, you know, we get his, as he very ominously says, we get his origin story. Yeah. And Mike is actually one of my favorite characters. And I met J. August Richards once, who plays Mike. Really? He was at some convention in New Orleans in like 2013 or 2014, which I actually went to with my dad. And he had, like, a little booth there. He was signing autographs and taking pictures with people. And I obviously recognized him from the show. So, like, I went up and talked to him. And, you know, he he stood there and talked to me for, like, half an hour. And we talked about the character and his motivations. And we both agreed that, you know, not to spoil anything, but, like, Mike is a very misunderstood character. And he's just doing his best. It's just a super satisfying story arc. I just love it. Mike is not appreciated enough in the fandom, in my humble opinion. We love Mike. And it's also important to note that later on in the episode, it's a very small line, but they make sure to mention that Mike did not, in fact, kill this guy. Oh, good. The guy is in the ICU. He's probably going to be fine. He's very injured, and definitely Mike shouldn't have done it. But he also kind of didn't have much control. Capitalism makes you do crazy things. <laughs> so then we cut to the nerds and May. They're investigating the site of the explosion that at this point in the episode, I had already forgotten about. And they find a very grainy video of two angry men who are angry at each other. What a novel concept. Whoa. That has never happened before. Never in the history of the world. This scene along with the um, scene in the lab where they're like, I don't know the right word for it, so I'm going to say science investigating. (laughs) The little like centipede pods with the like all of the crazy superhero stuff that they have like packed into this little goo. Yeah. (laughs) There's, There's the part of the scene where Gemma is looking at this and it starts oozing and she gets absolutely fucking giddy like (laughs) so excited over this gross goo and i was using voice record to take notes on this episode and so my note my note for both of these scenes where she's poking around the dead bodies and being very excited about goo yeah i said Gemma, my sweet baby, I love you, sweet science baby. So excited about gross things. <laughs> so as you can tell, I I I love Simmons. She's so great. <laughs> so then we cut to Mike. He's visiting the woman that he saved from the burning building. 
uh, in the hospital. And she is mad that he's visiting her because <gasps> she's the fake doctor who works for the mysterious evil company of fake doctors who are making super adjacent people who blow up. So the doctor tells Mike, this is a disaster. And he says, no, this is an origin story, which was so dramatic. And we loved it. But like, honestly, it was kind of badass. And very self-aware. <laughs> yeah. So my note on this, I don't know what was going through my head, but my note here is, what kind of doctor are you that you're mad that the subject of your test isn't responding to the chemical treatment in a good way? Like, that's on you. (laughs) My answer to what kind of doctor are you is, she's not a doctor. (laughs) Mariah, she's not a doctor. (laughs) So during this, we also find out that Mike is going to blow up. And so immediately after he finds this out, he goes and he picks up Ace and... <laughs> well, he doesn't know he's going to blow up. Well, he knew that the other guy blew up. No, he and didn't. That... He thought that they brought a bomb. Oh. That was the exposition in that scene. And then the the lab scene, they they see that the guy blew up. Oh, okay. They were like, he didn't bring a bomb. He was the bomb. And so, like, we as the audience know that he's going to blow up. But, like, him, Sky, and Ace don't know okay i missed that part <laughs> uh then he goes and picks up ace and re-kidnaps sky and makes her drive him and ace around in her house Rude. and erase his existence from the internet and government and ent- entities so obviously she just like real quick hacks into shield do to do to warn them that's what we call multitasking and the do to do was me typing on my computer i don't know if y'all could tell that but. obviously that's the universal sound effect of of keyboards. You go, do-do-do. Do-do-do. <laughs> I'm typing important things. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> so she hacks S.H.I.E.L.D. to warn them. Ward and Fitzsimmons, they know that Mike is going to blow up, and they want to just let him blow up, but, like, far away from everyone else. And Coulson says, like, some of my favorite lines. Uh, he says, nobody's nobody, Ward. And then he also goes, don't ever tell me there's no way. Figure it out. This is on you. This is another one of those moments where, like, if this was a real boss in the real world, he would be a terrible boss. <laughs> For real. But, but in the context of the show and the scenario. What was that word? The scenario? scenario. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I said what I said. <laughs> anyway, we stand here in the real world. I don't care if it's scientifically impossible, do it anyway, would not be like a logical or cool thing for someone to say. But in this world, I don't care if it's scientifically impossible, do it anyway, uh, actually motivates them to do it anyway. And they do! <laughs> then S.H.I.E.L.D. finds Sky, Mike, and Ace. Mike turns the van door into a projectile. Pew. <laughs> Pew. That was That was a sound effect. <laughs> which Coulson like matrixes under. So then while they're running around in this train station, apparently some weird cop starts shooting at them and then may breaks his kneecaps <laughs> as she should. We love that for her. Uh, this next part, I'm just going to like take you through my brain process as I was watching it. So Coulson is talking Mike down to keep him from blowing up and then they shoot him anyway. Wait, why is Fitz giving a thumbs up? Oh, okay, he's fine. They just defused him with a bullet to the head, I guess. It's the night-night gun. 
which apparently doesn't leave a mark. And like, I thought I saw a little dot on his forehead, but then we cut to Sky and Coulson. They're visiting Ace at a farm for some reason. That actually, I didn't, I didn't catch this until many times watching the show over, but it was like foreshadowed earlier when Mike tells Ace, like when they're in the apartment and he's like, you're going to go stay with your with your aunt on her farm oh it's such a small sort of throwaway line who's gonna remember that i mean granted i didn't even remember the explosion so (laughs) well that makes sense then so while they're leaving the farm colson offers sky a job and then they fly off into the sunset in colson's flying car named lola and everybody lived happily ever after yes (laughs) <laughs> this was the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And in turn, this is the last episode of Agents of Nothing. Goodbye forever. <laughs> so, Mariah, do you have some fun facts for us? <laughs> I do, in fact, have some fun facts. The pilot was written by Joss Whedon, <clears throat> <laughs> along with his brother, Jed Whedon, and sister-in-law, Marissa Tancherowen. Editing Mariah here. I am pretty sure I pronounced Marissa's last name correctly, but I couldn't find a video of her saying it, which I feel like is the best source. All right, now back to the show. And Jed was the one who DM'd you, right? He was very sweet. Send us the joke! (laughs) Send us the joke, Jed! Please! Okay, Uh, at the 2013 San Diego Comic Con, Marissa talked about the challenges of telling a Marvel story on a television budget. Mm Mm-hmm. She said that the series is kind of looking at the MCU through a different lens, and it tells human stories in the superhuman universe, with Coulson, the grounded human character in the films, leading a team of extremely skilled people, but they're real people. Wow, they're just like me. They're so relatable. Some guest stars in the episode uh, include two actors from other Joss Whedon television shows. Ron Glass, who played Shepard Book in Firefly and the subsequent film Serenity, plays S.H.I.E.L.D. Dr. Stryton. I don't know who that is. I also don't remember seeing a Dr. Stryton, but good job, Ron. Good for you. (laughs) And of course, J. August Richards, who appeared in the Buffy spinoff series Angel as Charles Gunn. And he obviously plays our favorite Mike Peterson. We didn't actually auditioned other actors for the role without any luck. And then considered Richards late in the casting process. And I'm very glad that he did. Yeah, they went back to him. I would, too. The scenes of Ward in Paris were actually filmed on location in Paris. The rest of the episode was all filmed in L.A. Brett Dalton said it lent the episode a kind of authenticity. And when the film's, when the series crew was scouting locations in Paris, the weather was almost too perfect. But during the filming, it was foggy and raining, and Dalton described this as more authentic since it prevented the location from being unnecessarily picturesque. (laughs) Yeah, I really like my Paris when it's ugly and wet. (laughs) Same. For the opening sequence, when Mike Peterson saves the fake doctor, Digital doubles for the actors were created to transition between footage shot with stunt doubles and footage of the two characters. 
and the scene with the explosion at the beginning, from what I've heard in interviews with J. August Richard, you could only have one take because it was practical effects. They actually did like explode that building. Oh wow! And you had to get it right because you can't unexplode a building. I mean, you can try. That's quitter speak. <laughs> That's the mindset of a loser. <laughs> Speaking of practical effects, the final shot of Lola flying was achieved with a scissor lift to mimic the car rising off the road, along with a CGI version and green screen filming. That's so cool. I love practical effects. I think it's so much more impressive. They're honestly so underrated because, like, honestly, they look more real. Like, there's a reason Jurassic Park is such an iconic film. Yeah. Because if all of those dinosaurs were CGI, it wouldn't be as impactful. Yeah. Like, it's 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 cool because it looks real. I agree. Also, speaking of Lola, yeah. Coulson's flying car is a working model of the prototype seen in Captain America the First Avenger. Wait, what? Okay, so you've seen Captain America at least once, right? I think so. <laughs> there is a scene like pre-Super Soldier Serum where Steve and Bucky go on a double date with these two girls and they go to like some kind of world fair and Tony Stark's dad, Howard Stark, is like doing an exhibition at this fair and he is presenting a prototype of a flying car. And this flying car like kind of like lifts off the ground a little bit and then like falls back down. So, you know, the joke is that like it is just a prototype. And so Colson's car is the the car that they finally got to work. Okay. Gotcha. I have a bone to pick with Wikipedia, though, because they referred to Lola as a flying car. And I find that, frankly, offensive. She has a name. Do better. Come on, Wikipedia. And some more um, references to the MCU in this episode. It uses the extremis virus from Iron Man 3 as one source of power for the character of Mike Peterson. And additional sources of power for the character include Shatari technology, which is the the aliens that flew in for the Battle of New York in the Avengers. Oh, okay. And Super Soldier Serum from Captain America, the first Avenger. I remember I when they were talking about the Super Soldier Serum, I remembered that phrase, but I didn't remember what it was from. And then kind of a... Um... A more serious fun fact, and a not-so-fun fact, I'd say. The episode introduced a group called The Rising Tide, which unfortunately is also the name of a real-life volunteer group who work on climate change issues. Uh-oh. So having their name associated with kind of what's, like, implied to be somewhat of, like, a terrorist organization... Uh, it's not great. Yeah. The group issued a statement saying that they were concerned with the use of the name for this fictional group, which appeared to be similar to Anonymous. Uh, and they have since been mistakenly contacted on Twitter by fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Come on, guys. Yeah. But don't, don't do that. And they have created a petition against the Walt Disney Company to stop using the name. Oh, I'll sign it. We can find it, but it might be... A little too late now since the show's over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Probably. 
so any stray thoughts and opinions what i'm most excited about is like to see how they flesh out all these like very archetypal characters which i know they have to do for a pilot because that's how you introduce these characters but i am excited to see how they get how they get well-rounded you know i think that this pilot really does do a great job of setting up these characters as far as character growth goes maybe i have like rose-colored nostalgia glasses on but i feel like they never really retcon stuff everything that they introduce just builds upon what they've already established uh which i really like in a show that's a sign of really really good writing yeah that's good and like a sign of any new writers who come in really paying attention and like doing their homework of watching the everything that came before they came on, you know? Yeah, I feel like this show, I mean, I am not a Hollywood person. I don't know how any of this works. So I'm sure that like every show is a passion project, but I really like you can feel the love that was put into this show. Like this show was a passion project for sure. Yeah. And it never felt like a money grab. It never felt like it was fan service. It's, it's just great. I love it. All right, so my, like, overarching thought, everyone looks like literal babies. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I started, when I started watching the show, I was young. Like, I was younger than all of these characters. And now, I'm pretty sure I'm older than a majority of them. Like, I'm pretty sure Sky is supposed to be, like, 20, 21. Wait, really? I'm pretty sure, because I think Chloe Bennett was pretty, like, around that age when the show started, but I could be wrong. And then, like, Fitzsimmons, they just graduated from the Academy, so, you know, they're probably, like, you know, right around that age, like, 23, 24. Okay, yeah. I'm really not sure how old Ward is supposed to be. He's ageless. He's ageless and mysterious. Ageless and evil. (laughs) (laughs) so like that that's kind of like a trippy feeling where it's like i used to be younger than these characters and now like i'm watching them and i'm like they're so young (laughs) (laughs) it's such a weird feeling i don't like getting older because of that (laughs) so i'm gonna make some guesses okay tell me your guesses so uh sky and ward are definitely gonna hook up at some point i don't know how fast or soon but Definitely. <laughs> Ward uh, is definitely going to be villain. Only because of the way he said Gramsci. I was just immediately villain. <laughs> and I also think that Sky is not her real name. I'm going to put that out there. Those are, those are certainly guesses. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Wild horses could not drag it out of me. <laughs> you will not get a single spoiler from me. and so that concludes our first episode next week we will be covering season one episode 2084 so stay tuned for that you can follow the show on tiktok at agents of nothing podcast on twitter at agents of nope nope not that agent nothing pod because Agents of Nothing was already taken. <laughs> Rude. Give us the name. You can also go to anchor.fm slash Agents of Nothing and send us a voice message with your thoughts. And if we get enough listeners, eventually you can donate to us. Which, we're not begging for money, but 
That sure would be nice. <laughs> we won't turn it down. <laughs> you can also email us at agentsofnothingpodcast at gmail.com. And our personal Twitters and social medias. <laughs> you can follow me, Mariah, on Twitter at fullswampwitch underscore. On TikTok at Submarine Warfare, and also on Instagram at Submarine Warfare. And you can follow me, Caroline, on Twitter at RustyPage95, on Instagram at underscore RustyPage, and on TikTok at CrazyGinger995. So that's it. Okay, bye! Bye!